0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and dogs, and butterflies who've decided it was a mistake and want to crawl back into the cocoon. Welcome live from the annual conference of the Michigan World Language Association in sunny downtown Lansing. It's Tea with BVP. Hi, I'm your host, BVP, AKA Bill Van Patten. I'm the guy who makes input sexy. And speaking of sexy, let me introduce my co-hosts. To my left, for those of you here at the conference, those of you out listening in the audience, will just have to imagine somebody on my left. It's the beautiful Angelica Kramer. Say hi, Angelica.
1: Hello, everybody. And
0: welcome to my. Tell them to welcome.
1: Herzlich willkommen zur MIWLA-Konferenz und zu Tee mit BVP.
0: What she said. And to my right is the equally sexy Walter Hopkins. Walter, say hi.
2: Hi.
0: Oh, come on, no, I'm gonna get serious. Good Walter? afternoon,
2: everyone.
0: Thank you, Walter. My God, it's like pulling teeth with this guy. I have to talk about your raise next time. Okay, again, we're live from the Michigan World Language Association Annual Conference held here in Lansing Center. And before we begin, I have an announcement to make. We are so excited. We now officially have 500 followers Woo-hoo! on our website. Yay! Yay! That's all after only one episode. So we're real excited about that. Okay, so at the beginning, I made a joke about the guy who makes input sexy. And the reason I said that is because I was listening to Stephanie Miller on Progressive Radio. I, I do listen to Progressive Radio. And Stephanie Miller is a, a stand up comic, and she has this radio show every day. Um, and, she takes her, sh- her radio show on the road and she calls it the Sexy Liberal Tour. So I'm thinking we need to do something similar, right? You know, we need to like make the sexy SLA tour. We make, I, li- I we like it. it. We I like make it. SLA sexy, right? Well, we do. I mean, so, yeah, come on. I want to be like Justin Timberlake. I want to bring sexy back <laughs> to SLA. I mean, just like Justin Timberlake, right? Walter, you know who Justin Timberlake is, right? I'm not sure I do. I'm not sure you do either. You know, Walter is the worst person for pop culture. He doesn't know anything. So I have devised a little test for Walter Hopkins on pop culture before we start our our session for today. So we're going to ask Walter three sets of questions, easy, medium, and difficult. And we're going to see how he does on pop culture. Are you ready, Walter? (laughs) I'm not sure. Are you ready to to bring sexy back? Okay, here we go. Okay, so here's pop culture. Easy question. Who is the host of Jeopardy? Alex Trebek. Right, ding, ding, ding. Wow, okay, excellent. good. I knew that one. Okay, another one. What popular TV show starring Jim Parsons is going off the air at the end of this season?
2: Who's Jim Parsons?
0: Oh <laughs> my God! <laughs> I have no idea. There are Amish in Pennsylvania who know more than you do. Okay, here we go. Okay, let me think. Okay. Let me think. Let me think. What's the
2: going off the air? Come on, come on. Isn't that big? Is it the one with that guy who's kind of crazy? Sheldon? Yeah, uh, yeah. Big, big Bang Theory.
0: Hey! See, I, I just have to guess, okay. it, But I have okay. no idea who
2: Jim well Parsons done. is. So we know Parsons. you're
0: at least a novice high when it comes to <laughs> pop culture. OK, let's try intermediate mid. What star of The Voice is recently divorced from his celebrity spouse?
2: No idea. Anybody? Is it you a, know star, that? Like a singer, you mean, or Come one on, of the this judges? This
0: easy. Everybody knows this, right? Blake Shelton, somebody Blake here Shelton. at the conference, Blake Shelton, he's and he's divorced singer. from Miranda Lambert. Right. Okay. okay, one more intermediate okay. mid-question. Okay. Okay. What pop singer is known for her reclusiveness, including not showing her face while she is singing? And she's going to host SNL this weekend, not host, <laughs> but be the guest music
2: star. I haven't the slightest idea. Come Who on. hides her face? I while am she's going singing? to
0: hang you from a chandelier, Walter. <laughs> <laughs> that's rough. So that's, to...
3: that's rough.
0: It is. Sia. Oh yeah. Who? Sia. Yeah, Who's you know. Sia, <laughs> Sia wouldn't want to be a. Oh, I want to see you in a Kia. Okay, all right. I know that one. Okay. I doubt if Walter can get these last two <sighs> questions. These are the bonus genius PhD questions. Okay. okay. With what singer's estate did Robin Thicke and Pharrell Williams settle a multi-million dollar lawsuit and over what song rights? Okay, read it again. With what singer's estate did Robin Thicke and Pharrell Williams settled a militant, mil- multi-million dollar lawsuit. A militant <laughs> lawsuit. A multi-million dollar... Multi- oh, my God. <laughs> multi-million
1: dollar What she lawsuit. said.
0: A multi-million dollar lawsuit and over which song rights? Can I call a lifeline? No. Yeah,
2: yep. you, um, can, you can ask the audience. Anybody in the audience? I can audience ask the, the multi- audience. Okay. It's Pharrell Williams. That's the guy who does the happy song, right? Oh, good. See, I knew that okay. one.
0: I'll give you, this is like teaching, I'll give um, you half a point for okay, that. Okay,
2: half a point. <laughs> I, have, I haven't the slightest clue. Anyone out the in the audience want to approach the microphone and to help Anybody help
0: know, anybody know? Okay, it was. The song would be Blurred Lines. The song was, no. The song writes was Got to Give It Up by Marvin Gaye. Yeah, mm. the song they did was Blurred Lines, okay. Last one. If you can get this, Walter, I'm going <laughs> to. Can we stop the torture now? Can no, we no, no, ask this Angelica is the, last the next one. I've got to warm no, the no, audience no, up before we start the serious stuff. Okay. okay. So, ready for this? Easy. I'm ready. This is easy. For a difficult question, it's easy. Who tied for Best Actress Oscar <laughs> in 1968?
1: How's anybody <laughs> I supposed have
0: to no know? No idea. This? <laughs> Google tied will. for best actress
2: in 1968. I'm gonna.
0: Two people tied. Okay, you can tell on. us. We have the only tie in history. Do You know, Walter.
2: What's your name? Tell Emily. Us Emily. Who who tied for best actress uh, in 1968?
4: Catherine Hepburn for Lion in Winter, and Barbara Streisand for Funny Girl.
0: Yeah. Wow. wow! We have a winner.
2: I could have guessed maybe. You Catherine win Hepburn,
0: a but,
1: yes. unique. Tea with BVP tea Teabag. bag,
0: and she also gets this handy dandy Spartan back scratcher.
4: Uh, no, nah. mason blue all the way. Oh. <laughs> Get out of the chair. Get out of the chair.
0: Okay, the topic for today's show is the following: whatever happened to comprehensible input? Okay, um, you can't call in today because uh, we don't have full lines here in the Lansing Center, but you can tweet us at T with BBP. You can also dash off an email to T with BVP at gmail.com. And we have Angelica managing all the tweets. Tweet, tweet, tweet. Try, and we have Walter try. managing all the emails. Okay, so, all right.
2: We're doing our best anyway. And remember, <laughs> if you can't listen live,
0: over. don't talk over me. Don't talk over me. I can't
2: hear you talking. Are you talking? Don't talk over Are me. Are you talking? Okay. Remember,
0: if you can't listen live, you can always catch us archived at billvanpatten.wordpress.com. We make for great listening in your car at night when you're trying to fall asleep. Have your students listen to us? Okay. Anyway, so last week we were talking about the current state of language teaching, and I made a somewhat provocative statement that most language teaching is not and never has been communicative. So I thought a good extension of that discussion was to ask about comprehensible input. Now, if those of you out there who don't know what the term is, it, it came about in the 1970s. It was coined by Stephen Krashen as part of it, his monitor model. And the idea basically is that comprehensible input, language that learners hear in context, um, that is made comprehensible to them is the driving force in language acquisition. So I'm gonna start with the fact, and this is a fact, that input is at the center of almost every major theory on language acquisition today, okay? Almost every major theory. And so when I say it's at the center, what I mean is that all these theories posit input as necessary in some way, right, okay. But at the same time, current language teaching practice pushes for oral proficiency from the first day. Speak, 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 I wanna see you speak. So my question is this, where is the role of input in the development of oral proficiency? What view of acquisition does this push for oral proficiency have? I'm not saying they're mutually incompatible. I just want us to talk about that, see if we can sort out some of those issues. So I want to make something perfectly clear. I am not anti-oral, okay? I'm not anti-oral, I'm not anti-oral proficiency. (laughs) Um, nobody could be more oral proficiency than me. I want to make sure I'm talking about oral proficiency, okay? So I'm not anti-oral proficiency. I just want us to stop and think about acquisition in this whole picture of developing oral proficiency. So listeners, let us know what your thoughts are on this. You can tweet us at T with BBP or email us at T at gmail.com. Again, we don't have phones today. We'll be back in the studio next week. Um, and so we'll take your uh, questions by phone next week, but since we're here at the Maiwala, we also have a live audience who is welcome. Can come and ask questions at any time. Hey, Anne. Um, so, let's start, since we don't have anybody's step. Okay, our muscle guy, our muscle guy is going to get you up here one at a time in a second here. So, we're going to, do we have an email question we or a have tweet lots of we can start questions. with? Maybe it'll, get, maybe it'll get the live people warmed up here. So, what do we have? Let's see. Okay, let me see. What's Walt just got something Okay, with? let's see.
2: Or do you have something already ready to go there? No, go ahead. Okay. Um, here we go. Once teachers get that their most important job is to provide comprehensible input, how do they learn how to do it? What resources are, exist for teachers to learn to teach with comprehensible input?
0: Okay, can, can I ask you for a favor? We're having a lot of echo in the headphones, and I couldn't hear what you said. Okay, let's try that again. Is that better?
2: Or can, can you yeah. hear me now? Yeah. Good, all right, once teachers get that their most important job is to provide comprehensible input, how do they learn how to do it? What resources, training, workshops exist for teachers to learn, uh, to teach with comprehensible input?
0: Oh, that's a good question. Um, a couple of places. Um, the internet is a good source. If you just go online into YouTube and Google comprehensible input, You'll find examples, you'll find lessons, you'll Are find people doing Are they all good examples? So well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a good place to start. You've got to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing is a, a, a methodology that's out there that's used mostly in K-12 through contexts, not so much in university contexts, but in K-12 through contexts is TPRS, um, Teaching Proficiency Through Reading and Storytelling. That's another place. You can go to their workshops and learn a lot of tools Um, for using input in the classroom and making your classroom more communicative via uh, that particular method. And that actually is a method. It's not just an approach or or a a broad set of things. They actually teach you very specific skills and very specific techniques. So those are the two places I would start. Yeah. And also, listen to how mothers and fathers talk to two-year-olds. And that will help you too. Because that's what we're doing. Okay, we have a question from somebody in our audience. Can you give us your first name, please? We only take first names. We don't want anybody stalking you. So what's your, what's your first name? Zoraya. Zoraya? Okay, Zoraya. Lean in a little bit and go ahead and ask us your question. Or do you have a comment? you want to argue? What do you want to do?
5: <laughs> well, you were talking about um, comprehensible input and producing the language. So which Um, why are we focusing, or some people are focusing and producing. Um, Production happens after they have, students have enough, comprehensible input, they have understand, it sounds right to them, and then they will produce with ease. So we don't have to really push for it, like produce, produce, but give all this comprehensible input throughout everything we can. Like um, language ad- acquisition happen like the way little children learn the language by listening and listening and listening and finally one day they will say hey I want water but they have heard that a million times right. so right. TPRS is a great way to do that music um, everything we can then movie talk films um, everything and anything that is and input and is comprehensible to them.
0: Right, okay, yeah, that's, those are very good points. Thank you, Sorry, those, for, for those observations. Nobody here at this table disagrees with you. And thank you for joining the sexy SLA tour today. I get my phone now. Thank you, that's a good comment. Nothing, no disagreement there, that's great. Okay, do we have another question or comment? Um, I have, have a somebody?
2: question here, this is from uh, Jeff. It says, what's the difference between BVPs, Communicative Language, and Krashen's Comprehensible Input. And we have some more questions about that Krashen's Comprehensible Input here that came up later as well. So let's address that one first, though.
0: There's really no difference. I think Krashen and I are perfectly in sync. Um, comprehensible Input is one part of communication, because when a teacher or a, a native speaker or a more proficient speaker is trying to communicate with a language learner, they're providing input. So you can only have comprehensible input in a communicative context. So there's nothing different about those two. Mm-hmm. Just communicative is, is a broader sense. Comprehensive input sounds like one side of the event, um, but don't forget with comprehensible input, it's also somebody else's output to that learner. So there's output and input going on, it's just different people doing it. So it's, it's all part of the same thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't see there's any difference there. And if your input isn't trying to communicate something, then it's not input. So they're even more closely aligned um, than what that question would would make us think. Good question. Um, Okay, do we have any tweets coming in, do we have something?
1: You know, I I would like to encourage all of our Twitter followers and our Mixler followers to ask questions online. I have not seen a question yet. This is kind of outrageous. So I think we are going to take another question from the audience here.
0: We can take a live question. Yes we can. Okay, go ahead. Tell us your first name. Lean into the mic nice and close.
6: Uh, I'm Christine.
0: Hey, Christine. How are you today? Great. You joined the conference? Yeah, yeah, just fantastic. Yeah.
6: Very much so. Okay, you, Have guys, you been like here before. One of the main one?
0: organizers here, so you better say well, now this, this is conference pressure. is so hot. <laughs> can you say that <laughs> this conference is so hot? You can Don't use another term if you uh, want this to. This conference oh. is so Amazing. amazing. Okay,
6: much better. What's wrong thank with hot?
2: You, Have you been? Have you been here before, Christine?
0: Yes. Okay. <laughs> oh, good. Okay, so you're not a newbie. Good. Okay, so what can we talk about with you today? What's your question?
6: Okay, I have a question. Um, In class, you know the main source of comprehensible input for students is us. And so my question is, you know how students acquire language at different rates? So if a student approaches and they ask me, I feel like I'm falling behind and how can I get more practice or input what how what should I recommend to them and also the student on the other end of the spectrum that wants more because maybe they're acquiring faster than the others
0: Mm -hmm. and that's that's always the case you always have individual differences right we talked about that earlier today and in the session I was at before we came here to the um, to the show Um, yeah that's tough we have to All of us have to deal with individual differences in our our teaching no no matter what we do. Um, I want to back up, though, and look at the first part of the way you phrased your question. You said something about the student who feels they want to catch up. Is that what you said? How How did you phrase it?
6: Yeah, like if they feel like they're falling behind.
0: Okay. How does a student or a language learner knows he or she is falling behind?
6: Like, if I ask the class a question, and everyone's answering C, and they're answering no.
0: Okay, and and they're answering no, not because they really mean no, but because they misunderstood the question? Right. Ah, okay, got it, yeah. Um, okay, then, um, I, 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 that's a tough one. I, I, What are they doing outside of class? Now, what level do you teach?
6: I teach all for the first semesters at community college.
0: So, okay, so you can give them outside work and expect them, yeah. Mm-hmm. So what kind of outside classwork are they doing? What are they, what are they doing?
6: Well, that's a good question because it's changing a lot right uh-huh. now. Um, I'm trying to get away from the workbook so that they can get input, but it's really limited as yeah. far as what's comprehensible. For right,
0: them. okay, and, and, and that's where the first place I would look at what people need out, is. Okay, so they've got you for 50 minutes in the day. So what are they doing outside of class? What, what are we giving them to do as outside work? That's a question we should all be asking. So if someone feels like his or her comprehension skills aren't keeping up with other people's, they should be engaged in more comprehension-based activities outside of class. That's what they should be doing. So we should have some kind of online materials that they can work through with that. Um, and if they don't exist, unfortunately, we have to create them. We've, we've created all our own materials at Michigan State in Spanish and French, so... So, we're sensitive to that. We we kind of understand what you're going through. Um, For the opposite person who uh, is doing more, I'm not sure they need to do anything else unless they just want to. Um, So, it's all contextualized in terms of why they need to be at a certain level as opposed to another. Um, Yeah, and so I would, the person who's not comprehending as much as other people, just have them do some more comprehension stuff outside of class. Um, You know, maybe music maybe watching TV maybe there's stuff online that you can look at uh,
6: I think it would be great if we had a website or some thinking where teachers could put resources appropriate for different levels there you, you know, go an individual wouldn't have to have this huge list of resources we find all on our own
0: right there you go that's a good okay there's our takeaway for today is that right there okay. Excuse me, I'm getting a little uh, frog in my throat. Thank you, Christine. That was a great question. Thank you very much. That Thanks, was a really question. tough question. My gosh, ask me something easy. Like, ask me why verbs move in Spanish and they don't in English. <laughs> <laughs> so.
1: Why do they?
0: Because they got U-hauls. Because they have U-hauls and they can. They can. You're move. so funny. I know I am. Okay. Um. Oh, we got another person walking right up. No, God, I love these non-shy people walking right up and ready to ask questions. Tell us, what's your name? I'm Bethany. Bethany, where are you from, Bethany?
7: I just moved here from California.
0: What part of California?
7: Torrance, near Redondo Beach, in Southern uh, California.
0: I know where I'm from, San Francisco, but I still like you. <laughs> We have this thing in California between Northern and Southern California, right? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I grew up, I grew up in San Francisco, and so. Anyway, so. So what where is, are you living do you want here to talk in
2: about? Michigan?
1: That's I a personal question. Yeah. Oh No, we're asking
2: where Seriously. people are from. Okay, well, we'll Walter. blot that out, I guess. <laughs> we're not allowed to say cities, just states. Sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah, we don't want anybody to talk. Okay, so what do you want to talk about? What's your question?
7: Well. I got a new job when I moved here, and I usually teach 9th through 12th grade Spanish. Now I'm teaching kindergarten through 6th, so it's a huge difference. It is. Mm -hmm. And my 6th graders are middle school, so I see them every day, and I'm a huge fan of comprehensible input and find it very easy to use with them since I see them so often. But with my elementary school kids. I see them once a week for 50 minutes and I'm struggling to use the same CI techniques with them. So I was wondering what recommendations you have for me.
0: You shouldn't you shouldn't feel struggle at all. You just you just there's no struggle. You just have less time. That's all it is. So you do less with the what are they how old are they the lower ones
7: Um they're like 5 5 or 6
0: So you do less with the 5 5 to 6 years old over time compared to the middle school kids the 6th graders That's all That that's that's what's got to happen Don't don't worry I think just about
2: the it the expectation has to be different what are you yeah. going to be able to accomplish with Yeah with when you I mean I remember having a similar similar situation in the past where uh you know you're meeting a class once a week it's just You feel like you're not actually able to meet your goals. What is it you're trying to accomplish? You can't accomplish very much when you're only meeting one week. Or once and a week the rather but
7: week you have to reteach the same thing. Right, stuff <laughs> feeling like it's you're feeling like you're coming back. Ah.
2: So I think that's really the only thing is just adjusting what your expectations are, adjusting what your goals are and saying, you know, this is what I'd like to accomplish by the end instead of saying this is what I'd like to accomplish by the end of this month, maybe, this is what I want to accomplish by the end of the year because this is what I'll actually feasibly be able to to have to be to get them to be able to do with language. So Utah
7: Elementary School?
2: I, I taught fifth and sixth grade, uh, and it was uh, once, yeah, a week. once a week. <laughs> you know, so. And
7: what types of things could you accomplish with them in a year?
2: It's I only had them for ten weeks, even. So it was ten weeks once a week. It was ten weeks in French and ten weeks in Spanish. And so, you know, really at that point, there's very little that you can accomplish with them, unfortunately. Yeah, just, but uh, I, I can't even think. You know what were some of the things we were able to comp I mean, I was able to get them to communicate. Like, what's your name? And how are you? And you know, minor. Uh, I like blue. I like red. You know. The yeah, you know, things that you have, have to have, You
0: just have stuff. to have more appropriate goals for that level. That's all. Well, I guess I'm just yeah.
7: wondering, like, how to do the same storytelling techniques with them.
0: That may not be possible. You may have to think of some other things. Or you may have to have really short stories that can be done in an hour and that don't continue over time like that. So, sorry about that. But that's, just have to change your goals.
1: Okay. All right. Thank
0: you. Thank you. And welcome to Michigan. Thank you. And have before
1: go- we send off, Bethany, you got a shout-out on Mixler from Jason. You are a Project Coach <laughs> member. I am. Fantastic!
0: All right, somebody was right listening now. to you. Look at that—they're stalking you on Mixler. <laughs> Would you like a back scratcher? Of course. A Spartan extendable back scratcher.
7: I need one as my belly keeps getting bigger. Yeah. There
0: you go. oh! All right, there you go. Thanks a lot, Bethany.
1: Thanks. Thanks, Bethany. All
0: right.
2: We can talk later, Bethany. If you have more questions. Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay, it's time for a commercial break. So, if you Um, If you hang on for a second, those of you tweeting and emailing and those in the audience, we're going to do a quick commercial break. Have you ever watched your dog go down on a rawhide, chewy, and said to yourself, by gosh, I wish my dog could chew in another language? If this sounds like you, then we need to tell you about Rosetta Bone. Rosetta Bone is the new program that gets your favorite canine to gnaw in other languages.
1: I was tired of my dog's monotonous chewing, so I invested in the Spanish version of Rosetta Bone. Now my dog happily gnaws away with a Latin twist. Arf, arf,
0: que bueno, arf, arf,
1: delicioso.
0: Stop spending money on all those chew toys. Give your dog a gift that will last a lifetime. Get old Fido to chew in Spanish, French, Russian, and even Japanese. Try Rosetta Bone, and watch your pet expand his horizons. Arf, arf, ole, arf, arf,
2: yo quiero taco pen.
0: All right, back from commercial. Thank you, Rosetta Bone. Okay, do we have another question from uh, email, or are people at, oh, step right up here. We got somebody here while Walter um, checks our Gmail account. She's gonna put her headphones on and join our sexy SLA tour. Hi, what's your name?
1: Actually, this is Emma. Emma is our biggest fan. Ooh,
0: Emma. Are you really our biggest fan?
1: I I think I'm pretty close.
4: Really? Yeah.
0: Do you have a scrapbook with my pictures in it?
4: I'm working on it.
0: Oh my gosh.
4: I mean, so here's the real story. I'm a student at Michigan State, and so I've seen you around Wells. And so I know you, and I feel like you've seen me too. So this is a really important moment for me.
0: Aha. Uh-huh. She She's me been to stalking me. She is a fan. <laughs> I okay, am. muscle and man, I want her out of here. <laughs> Just Before the
4: muscle man cuts in, I think I need a selfie.
0: Well, you got a camera. Take a picture of yourself. Go ahead. What do are, I care? Are, you, are
4: you ready? You need to be in Oh, you in mean the with selfie. me.
0: Well, it's no longer a selfie if I'm in it. It's a doey. It it's a doey. It's a two-persony. Okay. It's not a selfie?
1: Okay. I can
4: No, yeah. Emma, do it. Okay. Do, it. Okay. do it. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Okay. All right. Here we go. I think we got it. <laughs>
0: okay. All right.
2: Are you posting it to Twitter now? I will. Okay. Oh
0: my gosh. How is my hair? <laughs> I didn't never... fantastic. Okay. Look, go okay. gorgeous. What's your question, Emma? What do you want to talk about?
4: I teach uh, French for kindergartners, And uh, we've been talking about how important comprehensible input is. And I feel- With
0: your
2: kindergartners?
4: Wait, 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 wait. Just back up. Yes.
0: French for kindergartners?
4: Yes, it's actually French for preschoolers. It's through Celta Language School.
0: Ah, Celta. Okay, okay, okay. I was trying to wonder what the hell preschoolers want French for, but go ahead. That's okay.
4: Oh no, we believe in starting very early with well, language I do too, but you know. So, my question is, uh, in my program, I speak completely in French with my students. Très bien. Oui, and I was wondering if you have any suggestions to help show parents that their students are making progress without forcing my students to produce.
0: Yeah, you, you say something to them and make them show their comprehensives, and you turn to the parents and say, look how much they understand. How's that? that? That's
4: wonderful. I've been lucky enough that I've never had a parent question whether or not their students been making progress um, at the end of our uh, school semester we have a little demonstration for the parents and they usually are very satisfied.
0: Yeah, they should so. be, yeah. And if yeah. you just educate the parents and just remind them that comprehension typically precedes production and that production's gonna be lag, and then they should be okay. You just have to educate the parents a little bit. Yeah, but should have any problem, just yeah. God, look how much Johnny understands French. Oh, my gosh. Right
4: now, the cuteness factor really distracts the parents from any kind of lack of understanding. Your um, cuteness
0: factor the students' cuteness factor? <laughs> Definitely the students'. Okay, I've just got to clarify. I mean, you know, I don't know. She's taking selfies over here, so who knows? Okay, she's got this self-cuteness awareness index or something.
4: All right. Thank you so much for taking well, my question. Well
0: thank you, Emma. Thanks for Thanks, teaching Emma. those little kids Lovely French. To meet you. That's great. My pleasure. Okay. I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go I'm gonna go look for you in Wells Hall. I'm gonna scream, escargot, and see what happens. See if you turn around. Thank <laughs> you. All right. <laughs> I, don't I, I don't know why I said that I don't know why I said that. Okay. No, give me another question, Walter. Okay. Who's,
2: who's, this is a good one. This is from Eric. 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 He says, what is a teacher who wants to teach with comprehensible input to do? If the department's demands grammar-oriented assessments, textbook content, traditional scope and sequence, make it impossible
0: for them to do that. Eric, look for a new job. No, I'm oh, just come kidding. On. I'm just kidding. Of course I don't mean that. Um, he wants to change people's minds in essence, right? Is that what he's asking?
2: Well, he wants to know how can he, can work, how can he work in that context. He
0: may not be able to. That's the reality of it. I mean, he's going to have to educate his colleagues. We all have to educate our colleagues. Um, and that's just what has to happen. So that's just, the first step is is giving people knowledge and saying, here's what I do, and here's why I do it. Um, honestly, Eric, um, and we spend a lot of our time educating students about language. um, educating our colleagues and parents and principals and deans and that's kind of part of what our job is so um, there's no easy answer to that Um, sorry Eric I wish I had something easy all right okay Um, Before we go to our next question, if you are just tuning in now, you are listening to Tea with BVP. We're live today from the Michigan World Language Association in beautiful downtown Lansing. Um, We've had a great conference so far. It's the first day of the conference. We're really excited to be here. It might seem a little noisy to you, but I think the noise has died down a little bit in here. Um, And we actually are not taking phone calls today because we don't have phone lines in here. So we actually have people who are in the conference that are just walking up and stepping up to the microphone and asking questions, and we also have our online questions, our tweeted questions, our emailed questions, and so on. So while we're waiting for the next... uh, Next show. You know, I was making I a joke. I have a question oh, Angelica. Off
1: of Twitter. Oh, okay. So I Manny, thought you had the question. It's a well, Twitter I don't, question Yeah, yeah no, I don't. don't I mean, me. I have Language lots is of questions. Are you kidding me? I mean, oh, I, I, I could keep going with questions. But I have a question off of Twitter land here.
0: Okay, great. Okay, go Twitter.
1: Manny is asking, what is your opinion of using only TPRS in the classroom?
0: What is my opinion of only using or using only TPR?
1: Of using only TPRS in the classroom.
0: Exclusively?
1: Exclusively.
0: Well, the answer to that is what do you want at the end of your course, end of your semester? What are your outcomes? If TPRS is working for you by itself, that's fine. If you want something else, throw that into. I mean, it just depends on what your goals are, right? It depends on what, what you want the outcomes to be. So TPRS is fine. It might be fine by itself. TPRS might be really great by itself for some people in some levels. It might be a mix of that with something else for some other levels, some other kind of people. It just depends. So, yeah. Good deal. Great Yeah. That's Thank what you. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all about the TPRS. All about the TP. Oh, I can't do that, can I? Doesn't. It- so who party. do you have we have here sitting? We have this T. nice young man sitting T. in front of us. P. Tell oh, us your yes. name, please. Uh, my name is
3: Thomas McDonald. Oh, don't
0: tell us your last name. Oh, I'm sorry.
3: Do you have a farm? Uh, no, not. <laughs> I sold it, actually.
0: <laughs> He's not so, old. Come on. Yeah. No, but uh, maybe his dad or his grandfather had a farm. I was going to say, old McDonald had Yeah, I know. Farm. Yeah, we had one. Yes, we oh, did. Get you did? The no line. way. Yeah. See?
3: We had a See? finca, actually.
0: Oh. What kind? A
3: finca. A finca. Yes, we had a finca. A finca where? It was in South America. Well,
0: yeah, yeah. but South America's <laughs> like, well, it could be well, in Spain. You can't talk about any further than that. 18 countries. No. Yeah. It was it in I'm Argentina?
3: Actually, or uh, around there, yes. Around, around there? there. <laughs> okay. All right. um, I'm actually from um, Mango Languages. Okay. Yeah, and um, I had a question about uh, the, this idea of speaking practice outside of classes. Outside um, of classes. Yes. Okay. I yeah. know Go that ahead. it's important, and uh, it's something that's that's essential for students of all levels to continuously improve their speaking practice. Um, I was wondering if you think in your research there's any reason to suspect that the medium affects their speaking practice outside of class. So for instance, a lot of students practice with Skype on a desktop. And I want to know if you think that the medium of a smartphone or a mobile device will positively or negatively impact their, th- the quality of practice
0: that they get. Interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't see why. Is there a reason you're asking that question? Is there something in your mind that you think theoretically or even practically would make it different? Yeah, I have, it?
3: I have uh, two reasons. Yeah? The first is a theoretical, as you say. Um, I think people are accustomed to speaking in a certain way over phones. That's distinct from the way that they're used to speaking um, via uh, face for instance. Yeah. Face-to-face yeah. and also right. face-to-face via desktop, let's say. Right. Um, that's the first suspicion that I have. Um, mm-hmm. The second thing is, at Mango, we have developed a speaking practice app for mobile devices. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that MSU has conversations, and I was wondering if you think that that could fill a gap in uh, in what you offer to your students.
0: Old McDonald is here to sell a product.
7: Look, <laughs> told,
0: <laughs> I, told you I sold the farm. right into his tracks. Told you I sold the farm. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Um, well... I understand what you're saying about the different medium. I'm not so sure, though, that um, speaking in one context or one medium doesn't transfer into another. I'm not so sure about that. I don't think there's any research on that, actually. I mean, we do know that when you're speaking face-to-face, you have visual clues and other kinds of things that that are that a part of feedback channel for communication. So if I raise my eyebrows when I'm talking to you, that tells you something mm-hmm. that may not be in my voice or may not be in the syntax I use or something. Um, so we know that, but um, I'm not so sure that makes a big difference in the big picture mm-hmm. of learning how to communicate in a language. I just don't know. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good question, but I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it would. Mm-hmm. I think the skills are transferable. Yeah, okay.
3: I, I do know that some students struggle with speaking over the phone in foreign languages. Right. Um, I was just wondering if you've had that, you've seen that in your
0: own experience or in the experience of your students. God, I know native speakers who can't speak on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to this guy recently. Talking to him on the phone was like pulling teeth. Okay, here's how the conversation went. Here's how it went. It was like, okay, so how was your day? Good. Uh, well, what'd you do? Oh, well, I was at work all day. Can you like elaborate, please? Some the phone can be an inhibiting device for mm-hmm. people, generally, not just second language learners. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are people face to face are like that too. Mm-hmm. Like you look at like look at Walter sometimes, and I'll ask him a question, and I get this blank stare back from him. I go like, "What is my input not comprehensible? What, what what's going on here?" Um, so but I don't
2: think Walter ever has a problem saying anything.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, but sometimes I do get that blank look from you. Was... <laughs> sometimes? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> anyway so it it, it it could just it could be the medium of the phone, but I, I don't no I don't know. Okay. I, I don't think it's gonna be a problem in the long run. Okay. And actually okay. When you think about it, if they can talk on the phone, they can talk anywhere, right? Hopefully. So it's the more marked medium. So okay. but thanks yeah. for your answer. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. Thank you. Good luck selling your product. Mango languages. Oh, gosh. Before we take another question, I just want to run something by you guys. What, uh, do we have, a, how's our time? How are we doing on time? How are we doing on time?
1: It is 3.41.
0: Oh, great, we got a time. So I, I'm gonna ask the audience out there to give me feedback on this. You know, earlier I said that Stephanie Miller does that sexy liberal tour. Yeah, yeah. I am actually thinking about putting a new show together. I, did, I haven't done a show in a while, and taking it on the road.
2: Huh, I want to put a new comedy
0: show together, an hour-long show, a semi-one-man show. But I'm thinking about two different names, and I, I don't know which name of the show to use. So you guys can give me your feedback. Audience can give me your feedback. So here's the first possible show theme. Okay. that I would put together. The diva of SLA, that could be it, okay. The second is, I'm not retiring and you can't make me. I don't know which of those would be a better thing for a show, so tweet us, let me know what you think. Angelica, Walter, do you have a, a Well, preference? first of all,
1: can you repeat the two options again? Sure,
0: the first one is the diva of SLA.
1: Okay, the diva of SLA.
0: Right. And the other is, I'm not retiring and you can't make me.
1: Sounds a little bit threatening.
0: What? How about this? I'm not retiring and you can't make me. Is that better? No. Oh. She thinks it's threatening. Walter, what do you think? See, I'm getting a blank look from Walter. (laughs) See? See everybody out there? I'm getting a blank look from Walter. This happens all the time.
2: You're a crazy man, so I'm trying to think of a nice name for your next show, having something I like, I like the, diva, a of SLA.
0: the yeah. diva of SLA yeah. I even got a catchy How song How about the that goes crazy, crazy diva? Yeah. Can you sing it? I can sing part of it It's okay. kind of hard to sing with this echo though Yeah, well, As you all know, you it's it. been my burden to accept my academic stardom and whereas others would go no further. I'm obliged to speak my mind. I'm a cascading fountain of information. Allow me to prize you of the situation. You may not like it. You may disagree, but for the next 50 minutes, it's all about me, because I'm a diva of SLA. I'm a diva. Don't shy away, because I'm a diva, and I'm here to stay. That's my opening song. You like that?
1: You planned this. <laughs> I mean, this is, what, what
0: is going he's, on here? He's been
2: singing this song for years.
0: Well, our, humble see, we are now humble. he talks. <laughs> humble. Okay. All right. We need another question. We need, another question. we need another question. Come on. We need another question. Uh. Who's, who's out there?
1: Oh, I have a question. How about Great. a Mixler question? A Mixler please? question. Um, so Laurie is asking, knowing that comprehensible input is the necessary component for SLA, what's the best way to structure a curriculum? So, for an example, to present against grammar or thematic units.
0: Mm. Sorry, I took a drink of water. In my mouth was—I'm uh, <clears throat> was parched. So, <laughs> what was that last part? It was comprehensive. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking here. about this show. Let me, go I, I'm going to
1: reread the question Thank here. You. Thank you, please. So I'm knowing go. that comprehensible input is the necessary component for SLA, what's the best way to structure a curriculum?
0: I don't think there's a best way. Hmm. But the great thing about language acquisition, when you start thinking about how you can implement your knowledge about language acquisition and curriculum is you are free to invent. And find that what works for you and works for your 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 personality, your students, and so on. But the idea being, though, that you have some kind of goal at the end, right? So you have some kind of goal you're working for. Once you know what that goal is, and you can work backwards and say, this is how I want to do it. So TPRS could be good. You could have units built around, I don't know, some kind of... You could still do themes. You just do different kinds of things. You could have task-oriented um, comprehension kinds of things that Jim and I advocate in our 2003 book. I there's different things you can do. There's no one best way. And that... Again, what I like about what the acquisition research can tell us is, is you are free to experiment and see what works, as um, long as you know what your goals are. Once you know what your goals are, then experiment, see what works. Because, you know, Angelica, you might do a class different from me, right? Yeah. And I might do a class different from – I definitely do a class different from Walter. <laughs> but so – and we could, but we could all be we working toward the same goal.
1: Yeah, certainly. But we
0: just do it differently, and that, that's okay. So, there, so right. who, who was that? I don't know the person's name again. What was the person's name? Lori. So Lori, I, there's no, there's no best way. There isn't. Um, so, do we have a question from Gmail anywhere out there? We in do indeed. Email land. Okay.
2: Uh, this is. I talked about the crashing theory before, and this is kind of another question here. This is also from Eric. He says. By
0: the way, I want everybody out there in Twitter land. <clears throat> Excuse me. I want you to tweet us. we got to get a campaign. I've been talking to Steve Crashing. we got to get him on this show. I want to interview him. So tweet and say, Steve, set a date with Bill. So we've been emailing. But tweet, and this is what you're going to tweet. Hashtag set a date with Bill. There we go.
1: <laughs> How about hashtag set a date
0: with BVP? Well, either way. <laughs> Everybody knows who Bill is. I'm like, I'm like Cher. See, there they go. There goes the diva. There, yeah, right there. I'm like, I'm like a one-name person. It Just call the show Someone turn Bill. off this guy's okay. microphone, please.
2: All right. Okay, okay Walter, what's
0: our question from email land?
2: It says, how do you respond to people who say that Crashen's theory is outdated and flawed and thus try to throw out the baby, comprehensible input, with the bathwater? And then this person writes, cough, cough, your 1987 paper, cough, cough,
0: ha, ha. (laughs) I don't know what 1987 paper that person's speaking about. Um, Anybody out there in our listening land like disco? Disco is not outdated. Disco did not disappear. It just evolved into something else. And so Steve Krashen's theories and, and the stuff he's talked about didn't disappear. It's not outdated, it's evolved into something else. In fact, everything we do in second language research today is in some way a response or a consequence of what Steve talked about in the 70s. Um, so the role of input is front and center, as I said earlier, there's no, th- there, well there's maybe one or two theories that don't, Positive central role for input. But all the other ones do. Um, All the research on explicit, implicit learning, that's all harks back to that learning acquisition distinction. Um, All the work on individual differences, motivation, that's all back, that takes us back to the effective filter. I mean, there's a lot of things that we can work backwards and see. So, um, my response to that question is that. The, the fundamental ideas that Steve worked are, are alive and well today. They're just phrased differently. We just, we talk about them differently, so. Yeah.
1: I have an interesting question from Twitterland. land. Um, the question was posed by the MAFLD program, the MSU online um, MA in foreign language teaching. And the question is, what about comprehensible input in written modes, especially authentic materials?
0: What about comprehensible input in written materials, especially authentic materials? Um, there's nothing wrong with, it, with written input materials, absolutely nothing wrong. In fact, written input can give you stuff that oral input can't because that's the nature of written language. It's a little bit more elaborated discourse, sentence can be longer and so on. Plus you can spend more time processing the language when you're reading as opposed to listening in, in the moment. <coughs> Excuse me. But um, the, the, the concern I have is this authentic input stuff, because you have to be careful. If you're going for authentic written material, it may not be comprehensible. So you have to select written input the same way you work with oral input. It has to be stuff that learners can understand. If they can't understand it, they'll struggle with it and they'll abandon it and it won't do what we want it to do. So um, Does that so, mean that
2: you expect them to understand everything they hear that's written or, or, or that they hear and listening? Say well? that again? Do you expect then that they understand everything that they hear in in terms of the input?
0: No, not, not everything. But they have to understand a substantial... Second part of it. So a lot of written input is just incomprehensible unless we write it specifically written for learners. So like little kids aren't reading Don Quixote in the first grade in Spanish. They're reading, you know, Jack and Jill in Spanish or I don't know what they're reading, but you know what I'm saying. That written, in, written language has to be accessible for a certain level. That's what, has to, that's what we've got to do. When, when you, I read to my dog at night in bed, I'm not reading him my latest book on... Particle physics. I'm reading my How dog many about languages does Harry dog the Dirty speak? Dog. What's that?
1: How many languages does your dog speak?
0: Oh, he speaks two.
1: All right, which ones?
0: Spanish and English. Okay. Yeah.
1: Any plans on adding more languages? Nah,
0: he loves French. When I was working in Liaison, he would run into my office and jump on my lap while I was editing the videos. He, was enam- <laughs> he would like stare at the screen. He really did. He stared at the screen and watched, he would not get out of my lap. And I'd be trying to edit the damn videos, the movie, to send it back to the director to do the actual editing. And I'd try to get him off and put him on the floor, and he'd go, no. He'd put his paws back up. He had to be in my lap when I was editing Liaison. He I loves like French it. for some reason. Good, I smart watched a fr- dog. I watched a French movie. My dog's a big TV watcher. He likes TV. But I watched a French movie recently on Netflix. Boom, he was on the sofa next to me in a second, huh. just staring at the TV. So maybe he does want to learn French. I don't know. All right, how are we doing in time? Do we have time for one more
1: question? We do, and I one have question. one on Mixler here. Well, let's just
0: check, make sure there's nobody in the audience here that wants to ask something before we go to the lines or nobody. This is your
1: chance. Oh, here it
0: here Come on goes. up, young yeah. man. Come on up. Don't be shy. He's just the bouncer, that's all. That's the muscle guy. <laughs> we have this guy who's helping with the crowd and bringing people up to the mic so that they can... Um, so that they can ask us questions, and his name is Dustin. I call him Dustin De Felice because that's how you should say it. What happened? But he We're doesn't say to it. Be he not not really to say it that way. Name. He doesn't really say yes. it that way. But <sighs> no, but he's not a guest. He's a he's a he's a staff member. Just like yeah. when I read your name, Walter Hopkins. <laughs>
2: hmm. Oh gosh. Anyway,
0: Doctor Kavorkian, I'm calling morning. you in the morning. Okay, go ahead. Give us your name, first name, please. Lean into the mic a little bit give us the, your first name.
8: Just the first name. Just the first name. Just the first name. Please okay. clarify, just the first name.
0: Just the first name.
8: <laughs> Three times really helps. That's the repeating conference mm-hmm. That's right. Input yeah. thing, yeah. right?
1: Yeah. Scientifically
0: proven. Right.
8: So Ryan. Ryan. Away Ryan. from Ryan. Kalamazoo.
0: Kalamazoo. Yay, it's Ryan from Kalamazoo. Yay.
8: Okay, Woo! Ryan, go ahead. All right, I actually have a couple of questions, but I want you to pick one. Oh my gosh! Multiple <laughs> choice. I hate those kind of tests. Go ahead. Well, it's really I, I'm trying to simplify it for you. Okay. Uh, I have some. I have a question for that's related to input. and mm-hmm. Another one that has to do with output. Okay. But this is supposed to be about input. So which one do you want? Start with as the we input say
0: one. as we say in Chicago. Just axe me. Axe <laughs> me something. Alright,
8: fair enough. So students. Uh, after so much input in my class anyways, will start to babble in Spanish, which at that point it becomes input for their peers, right?
0: Not necessarily.
8: Well, they'd have to be listening, and it had to be comprehensible. But uh, let's say a student's repeating a phrase that I say, uh, and, you know, they confuse it. Or maybe they, I say, yo no sé, which is I don't know in Spanish. And then uh, they, re- they repeat and point to me, and say, yo no sé. How appropriate is it to direct them maybe towards a correction, tu no sabes?
0: Um, you can do whatever you want to do. I'm going to tell you that it may not make a difference.
8: Right, and I, I've been reading about that. I know it's a very little percent of students that will make that correction.
0: Yeah. It, there's all, I mean, there's a lot of people out there who do interaction research and feedback research who... Want to make a case for feedback and interaction? Uh, And there's all reasons to do that, particularly when it comes to meaning and vocabulary and certain kinds of things. Um, But the kind of thing you're talking about is only picked up through interaction when they start to hear the say from you. For example, that you don't know something. Right. Right? And so that's when they're going to start to internalize the say as opposed to the sáves. Is when they start hearing the say in context from you.
8: So I should not worry about that. Students, in, well, output affecting the acquisition of the students. Do you have kids? Them. I do have one.
0: You have one kid. How old?
8: He's one and a half.
0: One and a half. Have another one, and she, she's then she's on the way. <laughs> okay, and then Congratulations. and Thank then Congratulations. in three years, come back and talk to us and let us know if their language acquisition was retarded because they were talking to each other with two-year-old and three-year-old English,
5: okay?
8: Fair enough. Are you, you're going to be here with Steve Krashen? Not three, oh, years, what, three from years from now, years but, and... but you know, well, do I'm you see what I'm saying? Know? Yeah. 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 The, you're the source...
0: I mean, in your class, students know you're the center of power. You're the thing that they want to be. You're like the social status person, right? And so, yeah, they might pick a few things up from each other. But, you know, something funny somebody says. Oh, that's funny. You know, pick it up and they say it. I'll repeat it. But for the most part, they know that you are the language they're trying to be. Just like little kids know that. Daddy and Mommy and Aunt Sue and the t te- those are the people's language I want to be and, and not my own language with my brother and my sister. That makes sense?
8: Yep,
2: there you go. I'll give you an example, and you might hear something like this from your children. So my little sweet daughter, who's now five, when she was learning, well, she was already talking a fair amount, but she used to say... Um, if someone hurt her, she would still use myself. So she would say her brother. She would say, "Zackie hurt myself," or "Mommy, Daddy hurt myself," and you know, or something like that. Or, "He hit myself." And so, how many times do we say it? no, and you don't say myself in that situation? Do you? Know how it helped? <laughs> Didn't help at all. Eventually, she figured it out because she heard it correct. But. But she was saying she hurt her. He hurt myself. Daddy hurt myself. Probably for several months before it finally yeah took. It finally made a change, you know. So yeah, and finally I just gave up on saying. You know, we just let her say Zachy hurt myself.
0: Fair <laughs> enough. We figured it out. So. okay, we have time for. Oh, thank you, Ryan. By the way, Thanks, and Good Ryan. luck. You got one on the way. Good luck. Have fun. Thank you. Okay, we have time for one more quick question. Do we have something from Twitterland? Twitterland? Tweet, tweet, Actually, tweet the me?
1: question from Mixler. This is
0: from JJCL. Who? JJCL. From who?
1: JJCL.
0: JJCL. Sounds like a rap singer. JJCL. Yeah, maybe that person Whoa, is. Whoa, man!
1: I, I wish I could. Pulling rap up this, in a stretch question, limo. Look at that, I, JJCL. I that. Okay, go ahead. So this question is for the context of Spanish as a foreign language at the college level. And the question is, what is your view of input via frequency information, such as from a corpus, especially thinking about how, key, how you can make this accessible for the teacher and the student?
0: Okay, first, J, JCL?
1: JJCL.
0: JJCL. Don't get mad at me for saying this, JJCL, but please don't use the word foreign I was raised with Spanish and English, and Spanish is not a foreign language to me. It's just another language. So let's get rid of the word foreign. Okay.
1: World. In world language. Or modern
0: languages, or just languages. Okay, good. Okay. Um, I'm not sure I understand the question, um, but...
1: So what's your view of what... A corpus can do?
0: Right. I don't think a corpus can do anything at this point in time for language teaching. If you are in class using language naturally and doing what you're supposed to do in terms of communicating, your corpus and, and your language in class will look like the corpus data you're looking at outside of class. So I'm, I'm not sure what that would tell us, the corpus outside of stuff would tell us. Um,
1: So it doesn't provide input? It doesn't provide comprehensible input that will be useful for students?
0: Uh, Maybe I'm not understanding what the person means by corpus, but um, corpus to me is a body of data that exists somewhere on a website that we use to understand frequency of things in languages, collocations, and so on. But that's not input for language learners. The input for language learners is what we do in class, right? So maybe I'm misunderstanding the question. So it
1: couldn't be written input for students.
0: I don't see why it would be because most of that stuff on corpus linguistics or corpus stuff is going to be authentic language, and it may not be appropriate. So I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Good it has to again input has to be at level appropriate. Okay, are we done with our questions? Are we yeah, done with our I questions? Think for today,
1: no more questions? Actually, before we are done with all our questions, yes. uh, sorry if we couldn't get to the question that you posed on Twitter, on Mixler, or anywhere else. Um, we hope to address those questions in the future, so please keep Mixlering, keep tweeting, keep emailing, keep hashtagging away.
2: Etc., cetera, etc. Cetera.
1: Yes. And so weiter, That's right.
0: Okay, as we start to sign off, we want to thank a few people. We want to thank, as usual, our technical producer, Daniel Trego, who makes all the magic happen behind the scenes. We'd like to thank our media producer, Luca Giappone, who's floating around somewhere doing uh, stuff here at Mywala. Uh, we want to thank our terrific behind the scenes muscle man, Dustin DeFelice. today. We want to thank the Center for Language Teaching Advancement, Uh, also called CELTA, and the College of Arts and Letters at Michigan State University for its support in what we do. And as a reminder, we wanna let everybody know that the ideas, opinions, and especially the jokes expressed in this program do not reflect those of the Center for Language Teaching Advancement, the College of Arts and Letters, any of our sponsors, or any other official entity of the Michigan State University. And with that said, we want to thank everybody here at the Michigan World Language Association for um, working with us, for for coming up and asking us questions, for having us here in the exhibit hall. And we want to thank everybody out there in Twitter land and email
7: land.